Today's episode of The Usual is brought to you by LootCrate.com. Loot Crate is a monthly mystery crate that delivers the best in geek and gaming gear, from collectibles, apparel, tech gadgets, art, and other epic gear. It's like Comic-Con in a box, and everybody loves Comic-Con. So, for you, listeners of The Usual, you can get 10% off any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 to save 10%. So again, you can go to TryLootCrate.com slash The Usual and save 10% on your new subscription. That and enter bridge 10 to save 10%. Thanks for listening. The blast here from the Death Star. That thing's operational. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Welcome to episode two, Universal Usual. This is the usual spinoff where we go where no other podcast has gone before as we explore the galaxies that are far, far away and the shires over the dale. This is also an opportunity for us to try our more exotic beverages, which normally what we would do is we'd pick our, uh, we would pick each other's drink, uh, but because uh, we're poorly prepared, we're poorly prepared for today for our second episode, for our second episode, Marshall, <laughs> what are you drinking today? Uh, I'm drinking my Sierra Nevada, my usual, in fact. My Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA, but we did have lunch earlier, and um, those of you that listen to uh, our main show, this might sound familiar. Yeah, I had a <laughs> I had a nice Widmer Hefeweizen, and right now I'm drinking a nice crisp cold Diet Pepsi. I already know what I'm going to give you for next time. Do you now? Oh, Is it going to be a hoppy mess? Probably, and I'm going to make you drink it. Oh yeah, you know what I'm going to get you? Mm, I'm something lame, like Budweiser like or some Hard cider or something mm, like I'm that. I'm just going to pour it out the window. moving on so anyways uh uh, for those of you who've been listening to our main show um, recently uh, we've been really breaking up our universal stuff so what we're doing is we're putting it over into this podcast and we're going to be talking about the berlanti verse uh the marvel cinematic universe the dc cinematic universe uh disney whatnot and then we're also going to talk about some news so that's basically what the overview of the show is going to be like and let's start off with some news and and i'm i'm let me just say, I'm, I'm happy we're kind of doing this only in that, um, it, like you said in, in our, in, in our main show, it's, it's, we've been kind of, we've been going long and it'd be nice to kind of just jump in here, bust out our Berlanti stuff and, 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 and our MCU and all that. And the cool thing is, is this will morph, morph with what we're watching, yes. what we're doing, what we're reading, that kind of stuff. So I'm excited exactly. about it. So, um, anyway, some news right off the top of the bat. Right off the bat, I'd like to start with uh, some Kevin Smith's fun stuff. Uh, so Stan Lee was interviewed recently, and he picked his appearance in Mallrats to be his favorite, uh, the favorite movie he's ever been in. Well, it's great because it's not just a cameo. No. Because um, usually it's just him getting walked past over. He actually has an interactive scene with Kevin Smith. He does. And it talks about the the origins of love in the Marvel Universe and 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 the uh, the meaning behind Doctor Doom and his facade and the thing and all that stuff. It's a really cool. It's a really cool moment, actually. Yeah, it is very cool. As we like to do, we like to highlight the uh, stars that are doing amazing things. And so, Daredevil's Charlie Cox, um, he is taking Funko Pops to hospitals and schools. And if you don't know who Charlie Cox is, uh, he plays Daredevil, and he is awesome. And you should be watching that. And I'm wow, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot, a lot of pops, of dude. Um, but how cool is this? Like, I think they're all daredevil too. Yeah, they're all daredevil. He's just like, here, have a daredevil pop. Uh, which is pretty awesome. I mean, and these type of shows, although daredevil is, is pretty dark at times, 
Um, I've recently kind of gone back and, and I'm trying to pick up season two again and power through it. And it's, it's dark, but at times, like, I mean, it's really, really, really good. It's nice to see the actors doing these things. So, yeah. And like we talked about with, um, uh, in the, the main show, um, John Boyega. Yeah. Went into a hospital. It's just, it's always great when you see Chris Evans and, and the Chris is always doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's great. Totally. So let's get to the Berlanti verse. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who have never listened to our universal stuff, Berlanti verse is encompassed by most, well, now all, almost everything is on the CW. Pretty much all the CW stuff. Uh, it includes <laughs> Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, as well as Vixen and Constantine. Yep. Um, so some overall news, uh, the flash arrow and other CW shows may be heading to Netflix faster than expected. This is a really, really cool thing. Okay. So really what happens is, is, and Hulu has been doing this. Like you can go on to Hulu, like pretty much the day of, um, or the next day and, and check out the episode. Right. right? Um, but they're trying to make a deal with, um, it says with the Hulu deal ending in season streaming access to CW series will flow through advertising support, CWTV.com and website app, blah, blah, blah. So basically what they're saying is what they're trying to do is get a, if I'm not mistaken, a two week gap in between, uh, it says the shows that would become available on Netflix, just two weeks short, two short weeks, excuse me, after each season ends. So when the season's over, that means you get the whole season on Netflix. Yeah, and it's very important, especially shows like this, which have multiple crossovers every year, yeah. that you have the seasons come up simultaneously or else you're not going to be able to watch well, and also the crossovers correct. And, and you can binge them all and you can watch them in the way that they were meant to be watched yes. too. You know, and I, and I think that's really important. So um, some Arrow news. Yeah, uh, Arrow has added uh, for season five for next season, they've added the character Artemis. And I'm not familiar with this character, but... Um, the actress. Well, Artemis is an archer from Greek mythology. She's uh, in in Greek mythology. Her name is Artemis. In Roman mythology, it's Diana. No, that I get because I mean, one of the characters from RPO is is named after Artemis. Yeah, she's the goddess of the hunt. Right, is what she is, Indeed. and also the goddess of the moon and, and other things. Which makes sense for RPO because they're hunting exactly the egg. and yeah. they're in the, they're the uh, the archers. So. Yeah. Indeed. So, um, who's the actress playing it? Melissa McLaughlin. Madison McLaughlin. Madison McLaughlin. So the actress is Madi- Madison McLaughlin, and she will reprise her role as Evelyn Sharp in Arrow season five, becoming the archer vigilante called Artemis. Cool. So she must have done the voice for the animated stuff then, because mm-hmm. they're showing the animated one here. So that's cool. It's it's rare. That- no, she was also in Canary Cry. She was oh. the she was the little girl that took over the Canary Cry outfit. That's right. Oh, I like that. I like that actress. She was cool. Yeah, very cool. Um. All right. So, and then I'm not I'm not familiar with The Walking Dead really because I don't watch it. But The Walking Dead's Chad L. Coleman, um, is cast on Arrow season five. Yeah, I can't remember his character name, but he's the big black guy. Well, yeah, and I think that's important for any show. <laughs> so, um, does it say who he's going to be playing? Uh, he's playing Tobias Church, the one that they uh, they would uh, put out for the character that had never appeared in the the universe before. Right, that's this is right. A name that nobody about knew. So that's right. So it'd be very cool to see him take on a new character. Cool. Um, in Flash, Grant Gustin reveals uh that the Flash season three title, uh the premiere title will be, and he did this in a tweet if I'm not mistaken. It's called "This Is Not <laughs> Sorry Flashpoint." This is not a drill. No, and Flashpoint is a major storyline in the Flash universe. We right. talked about this a couple of episodes ago. Um, yeah, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And that's basically like we just watched the season finale last night of, of, of Flash. Did you cry? Um, yeah, well, 
I cried. I was angry. I was upset. There was a lot of things happening. And, um, and, and I think this episode, the universal, uh, just know that there's going to be spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the end of the flash bugged me a little bit only in that really now after all the stuff that you've done, you're going to go back and be that guy and watching himself disappear at the end. I'm just like, how are you doing this? And so I can't, I'm, I'm almost frustrated to go to season three because I don't want to see everything that he has built undone. You know what I'm saying? But now his mom's alive. I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't care about that even a little bit. She's been dead this whole time. I know, right? <laughs> so anyway, man, um, it was, it was an amazing season. Absolutely amazing season. Um, I think right before he makes that decision though, all of the, those moments where, um, the folk, the three folks are going back to earth too. Right. All of that, all those goodbyes. I think all of that was really important. And, um, I, I, I didn't necessarily like how it ended. I understand why it ended that way and to build up to season three. So we'll see. Just a, a little side note here. I was watching, um, studio 60 on the sunset strip and this might be something we get into eventually in, uh, um, in another universal usual episode about the Sorkin verse, but I was watching studio 60 and, uh, Teddy, uh, uh, Sears showed up in an episode of it. And if you don't remember, he played Jay Garrick. Yeah. And like the whole episode, I'm watching, what do I know him from? What do I know him from? I'm like, <laughs> it's a Jay. Yeah. And, and the twist at the end of that was, was pretty cool too about the real Jay Garrick and all that. And, um, uh, like I said, uh, flash season two was amazing. We have, three and a half episodes because we fell asleep in that episode uh three and a half uh episodes of of arrow to to finish that arrow season ends really well um so i'm excited about that we've already finished legends of tomorrow and all that stuff so we already got some news about legends of tomorrow a few weeks ago where it talked about how the season two villain will make vandal savage look like a, a little pussycat right but it also says it's going to be a little bit of a mystery so what does that mean uh maybe we just we don't see him right off the bat maybe um, so it says, unlike season one of Legends, where we basically had a big bad introduced in the crossover, um, what we're going to do in season two of Legends will be more similar to what you've experienced in the first three seasons of Arrow or the first two seasons of Flash, where it's more of a slow reveal. All right. Well, that makes yeah. Well, sense. we don't like you, you don't know that. I mean, Damien Dark, you didn't know he was the big bad in the first right. Until like halfway through the season. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, also, they they finally cast the new Vixen, um, which yeah. we said was not going to be the same one that played it in Arrow. Um, simply because, uh, very similar to, um, uh, to like Green Lantern and, and Flash, there's multiple, uh, people that have played the Vixen role. Right. Because of it being a totem that's passed on through generations. Indeed. And so it looks like it's Maisie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I went past it. Uh, Maisie, Maisie Richardson Sellers. Yeah. So, uh, so we got a link in the, in the show notes to her. And, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll be checking that out. Cool. Um, and some Supergirl stuff. Yeah, last week we mentioned that Tyler Hoechlin, who plays uh, Teen Wolf, uh, is going to be playing Superman and Supergirl, and he's just come out this weekend and said he's humbled and honored. It's a big deal, dude. It is a big deal. Like, I mean, to play Superman, period, is a big deal. Yeah, to actually play Superman in a sanctioned role, you're one of less than ten people in the history Indeed. of the cinematic universe. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'm glad he's not like, oh, I'm going to be the best, and, you know, whatever. So, no. anyway. And one thing I was really excited about, and actually, I, tweet, I, what is this? I texted this over to my sister, Donna. Uh-huh. Uh, Linda Carter, uh, who most people would know from the 1970s version of Wonder Woman. Right. She has been cast to be the president of the United States in the season of Supergirl. No way. Yes. Oh, that sounds awesome. So a nice little homage there. So, uh, very cool. Yeah. It's, it's pretty darn cool. Cool, dude. Let's get to NCU.
yeah, um, we're going to be talking a lot of uh, Spider-Man news basically here. So, Well, and the first thing is that it's happening. Yeah, they officially started filming this week. Yeah. And Tom Tom Holland, he put out a, a, a Instagram basically was like, hey, guess what we're doing? We're starting shooting. Yeah. So, boom. Um, it looks like Hannibal Burris is going to be, uh, is going to be cast in the, in the movie. Um, he's a, a, a wonderful stand-up comedian. He's on At Midnight, uh, pretty frequently. Um, he's pretty darn funny. Yeah, no, he's, he's hilarious. I just don't know. Does, it doesn't say what he's going to be playing yet though, right? Uh, I didn't say a character name. No, it just says join the cast. All right. Yep. Cool. All right. Um, also, um, they've added three new cast members. And these guys, I was not familiar with. They look super, two of them look like babies. Like this guy looks like 10, but whatever. <laughs> um, so the, it looks like the, they're, they're Isabella Amara, uh, Jorge Lendenborg Jr. and JJ Toha have joined the cast. Um, and that's reported by THR. Um, they're the right ages and the general range of high school. So. All three are relative newcomers, so I mean, who knows what they're going to play? But well, I'm it, sure they're going to be playing uh, Spider-Man's friends or classmates. Totally. I mean, they need they need high school students, and the reason they look young is because high schoolers look young. So yes, boom. they do. Um, one more. Uh, one. They've also added Abraham uh, Ada or Ata. Ata Ada. I don't know how do you say it. Um, so he's also he's 15. He's best known for his work on Carrie. Uh, she, uh, in the, Fukunaga, Fukunaga is Beast of No Beast Nation, of no Nation okay. which I uh, started Idris Elba last year. Got it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't. I mean, young. Again, young. Yep, absolutely makes sense. Um, I thought this was really interesting to come out this week. Yeah. But Elizabeth Banks came out, um, and she's she's said that she applied, uh, she auditioned for uh, Mary Jane Watson in the uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, um, and she didn't get it. She ended up playing Betsy Brant, obviously, right. but um. She came out this week and said that she was told that she was too old to play Mary Jane, which is interesting because she was a year older, only a year older than Tobey Maguire. Yeah. It's weird because I, I always wonder how they figure these things out. You know, in TV and movies, how do you figure out how old someone looks? You know, and I don't think Elizabeth Banks looks too old to do much of anything. Um, but well, and you got to remember, this was this over, was a, year, this was a long time ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I just I just think that's really interesting. So I don't know, whatever. I think I think she would have been great. But moving on, I think she's great in everything. So uh, agreed. This is this is not this is gonna be one of those moments where I'm gonna say the headline, and everybody's gonna be like, "Well, duh." <laughs> I know, right? So Sony plans a whole Spider-Man universe and more to work with Marvel. Yeah, duh. It obviously works. This Spider-Man is so well renowned and or so well loved by all of the. Um, the moviegoers to civil war it's like okay yeah we are gonna keep doing that yeah i mean they know? could always reintroduce venom they could always bring in carnage they could bring oh in yeah doc ock again they could always they've all these characters and i feel like they're gonna do it right and if they're gonna matches up match it up with the marvel cinematic universe it's yeah. gonna be great so. exactly um also uh they've come out with a, a new synopsis for the guardians of the galaxy volume two uh which is great so, shall I? Yes, you shall. So, set to the backdrop of awesome mixtape number two, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy 2 continues the team's adventures as they traverse the outer reaches of the cosmos. The Guardians must fight must fight to keep their newfound family together as they unravel the mysteries of Peter Quill's true parentage. Old foes become new allies and fan-favorite characters from the classic co- comics will come to our hero's aid as the Marvel Cinematic Universe continues to expand. Could that be Hulk and Thor? Oh, it's going to be amazing. I cannot 
We shall see. Can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Speaking of... Um, uh, James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, says that the female characters will be better represented in Volume 2 toys. I And, God, I don't... I still don't get it. Like, there's so much flack out there in the merchant... In the toy universe about, like, why can't I get... Gamora. A, a Gamora. Or why can't I get female toys? Right. Like, the female characters in toy form. It just... Ray. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to make sense, yet it's still happening. And so I'm glad Gunn came out and said that this was going to be a thing. And he said, look, we're going to do it. And and I would love, God, I would love to have a Gamora action figure. I know, right? It would be so cool. So I don't know what the apprehension is or what they think is going to happen. But I don't know. Why don't you guys freaking try it? And then if it doesn't sell, then go from there. But whatever. Anyway, moving on. This one's all you. Oh, Dr. Strange. Oh, how I love you, Strange. Okay, so uh, there's a uh, synopsis for Doctor Strange that just came out, um, which I'm excited about. Marvel's Doctor Strange follows the story of a talented neurosurgeon, Doctor Stephen Strange, who, after a tragic car accident, must put ego aside and learn the secrets of a hidden world of mysticism and alternate dimensions. Based in New York City's Greenwich Village, Doctor Strange must act as an intermediary between the world, real world and what lies beyond. Utilizing a vast array of metaphysical uh, abilities and artifacts to protect the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Could we see the introduction of another gem from the or another Infinity Stone? I I imagine. I mean, it's just I just think. Part of me too. When we were watching um, Arrow last night, we were <laughs> when Arrow went to go get his mysticism training or magic training right. to try to prep for Dark again. Um, I was like. Is it going to be strange? Is it going to be strange? Is it going to be strange? And I'm like, I have the wrong universe. You have the wrong universe. <laughs> I got very confused, but I got very excited because I was like, I was telling the wife, I was like, maybe it's strange. And I was like, I was, I think I'm just overexcited for strange. I'm like, just crossed him. I put him in the CW. <laughs> you are, you are excited for strange. Yeah, I'm excited about it. But anyway, moving on. Um, uh, yeah, now we're into the DCCU and we got a lot of Justice League news yeah. this week. And, but first, let's wrap up a couple of Batman v Superman. Yeah. And just, and just like in our main show too, um, really with the Star Wars section, what happened this week is there was a big article that came out and we got a bunch of stuff about Justice League. So, but real quick. Uh, Batman v Superman finished uh, their box office run with three hundred thirty-three million, three hundred thirty million dollars. Yeah, and and like we said, uh, it was going to be finishing up at about that, and, and you know they might do a re-release. You never know. Oh, they might. Uh, speaking of the next story, it says Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition is going to be getting a limited theatrical release, and this is the version that has like this the, is the R version. Yeah, it has the Jenna Malone character in it, which was cut. Um, all uh, yeah, so it looks like. Um, Zack Snyder says thanks to all the fans, and he says the uh, that version is going to be coming out. So it says we compiled a batch of screenshots. So it looks like it's going to Austin, Chicago, Columbus, Burbank, Houston, Hollywood, Phoenix, New York, New York, San Francisco, Washington, Philly. So um, uh, the only one that makes yeah, sense to, to us would be San Francisco, and that is uh, three days from now. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> so that's a noob. But anyway, that sounds great. Sounds great. Awesome. All right. Uh, Justice League. Uh, they start off with the new logo. Yep. Um, it looks pretty basic. It looks very much what, like you would expect Justice League to be. It's, uh, you know, I hate to say it's very square, which is what you would expect. That's from why Justice I didn't League. put it in here. I was like, that's boring. Well, it is, but it's what you would expect from Justice <laughs> yeah, League. Makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah. And so there's a bunch of stuff kind of leading up to what we're going to get in Justice League. And, um, I kind of want to save the, synopsis and the tone for a little bit later so the way i kind of 
set this up here is um, they're going to reference old gods and new gods of mythology, which makes sense because with uh, um, Wonder Woman and stuff, you know, you know, we right. we do get. Uh, the gods and stuff. So, um, it says, um, mention of old gods, of course, is intriguing. Um, in new gods, number one, featuring the introduction of the mythology beside Darkseid and his minions, among other believe, uh, beloved DC, uh, comic characters. And there came a time when the old gods died. So we have that. And then, of course, the involvement of Aquaman and Wonder Woman. It wouldn't be surprising to see some classic, 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 classic mythological gods and monsters in the film. Um, so this is cool. So we're going to get into some new stuff. So we get, uh, you know, obviously dark side, we get the, um, uh, which we'll get to in a minute, the, uh, parademons, parademons. That's it. The parademons. Um, but anyway, um, also, uh, justly will be full of Easter eggs. Kind of have to, I mean, when you're yeah. going to be launching a whole bunch of other properties and I'm going to leave it at that. I don't, I, I would like to actually watch the movie and right. kind of see, uh, on the other hand, they are saying it's going to be much more inclusive for a younger audience. Right. It's not going to be as dark, obviously as uh, Batman v Superman. And from what I understand, and I think I have a link into this later from a video clip, and maybe we'll get to it, but uh, there's supposed to be a, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to wait. Um, younger audience, but also funnier. There's yeah. going to be more humor, which, which I'm excited about. Um, Justice League is going to be a standalone movie. It's not that it's going to be like a big giant cliffhanger is what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. Like, cause they originally said it was going to be Justice League one and two. There are going to be two Justice League movies, but they're not going to be dependent on each other. Right. So the official synopsis is, since I'm reading synopsis today, fueled by his restored faith in humanity, inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Dan, uh, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to find and recruit a team of metahumans to stand against this newly awakened threat. But despite the formation of this unprecedented league of heroes batman wonder woman aquaman cyborg and the flash it may already be too late to save the planet from an assault of catastrophic catastrophic proportions that sounds good dude catastrophic catastrophic dude what i say <laughs> no it's said. yeah done uh we have a whole bunch of uh, uh casting news will so defoe um has been originally uh, uh officially cast as as volk volko yeah, and these guys I'm not familiar with, but this is this is cool. I'm I'm excited. So created by Bob Haney and Howard Purcell, uh, Volko is an and uh, Atlantean politician and mentor to Aquaman. So boom, cool. Um, also, uh, it, it, this hasn't been cast yet, but Game of Thrones, Christopher uh, Hevesu, uh he plays the the uh, the redheaded uh, uh, wild uh, wildling. I love that character. Uh, he was great. He was so good in episode nine. Yeah. I know. I know. So good. Um, but he's, uh, on, on tap, hopefully, for being cast. Yeah. And I don't care what he's in. No, he's, he's great. I will watch it. Um, and like we couldn't see this one coming. Right. Um, Batman is looking to redeem himself, obviously, but Cyborg is also going to be mostly CGI. Yeah. And I, I was surprised by that, but also not because no. in the age of the superhero movie, I mean, we had Colossus, for example, which was. CGI, which was amazing. Yeah, but you're going to have motion capture, obviously, for the facial expressions sure. and stuff, but his body is obviously going to be CGI. Yeah, for sure. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Jesse Eisenberg is confirming that Lex Luthor will return for the Justice League movie, um, which we obviously could tell from the way that he finished off Batman v Superman. Yeah, for and sure. And we're guessing that um, when he said uh, he is coming, uh, he's referencing Steppenwolf, who is confirmed to be the villain. And I, I don't know Stephen, Steppenwolf at all. Honestly, um, neither do I. And so I, you know, our listeners that are listening and, and they know that's great. I'm excited. 
I don't care what the villain is. I'm going to watch the movie. Yeah. So uh, I'm just not familiar with it from the comics. So I mean, as you look at Batman v Superman, I mean, the fact that uh, that Doomsday was the villain was really circumstantial to the plot. It yeah, really, for sure. It, the plot was about getting the, the big three together. Indeed. All right. Uh, I thought this was cool. Yeah, Bruce Wayne is going to be building the tech as well as the vehicles for the rest of Justice League. So that's very cool. Which makes sense. He's he's the genius guy. Yeah, he's the money guy. And he's got all the money. He's got all the wonderful toys. <laughs> um, also, they showed the first image of the Batmobile. This one's further down. But yeah, that very, looks very cool. cool. Um, and I'll be putting pictures of that up on Pinterest later today. Um, we already talked about the parademons, but also mother boxes are going to be introduced here and also the origins of them are going to be explained i don't know what those are neither do i this is where we're we're both dc (laughs) noobs so well dc noob aside which is probably the name of the episode i think um yeah uh i'm excited about it and and i would like to find out more before we get to there absolutely um there's been the first clip has been released from justice league and it includes uh barry allen meeting bruce wayne Okay, so this is the one I put in here because this was <sighs> Okay, this isn't necessarily a clip from the movie. What it is is a guy who got to go to when they were filming. Gotcha. And it's talking about I watched the clip, it's so the few minutes long. Check it out in the show notes. But this guy got to go there and he said the best part of the film that he can tell right now is the humor and the um presence of Flash and that particular Flash. He is really the best part of what he can, what he can tell is the, is, is basically going to bring the humor level to it and it's going to bring the fun to it. Well, the little bit scenes that you saw from him in BVS was great. I mean, yeah. the, the, uh, the vision in, in Bruce Wayne's dream. Right. Also the, the fact where he was in, uh, in the grocery store holding the milk. Right. And the milk's just chilling there while he. <laughs> Well, he said, uh, the guy who did this video made a point of saying he was watching a scene where they were on the rooftop and everybody else just, they decided what they were going to do. And then he kind of turned around and everybody was gone. And he kind of turns to somebody and he's like, so everybody just goes. I guess that's just, that's just, we're all good with that or like <laughs> kind of thing. And he's like, fine, I'll go. And you know, he's a flash. He can right. take off whenever, but he just realized everybody else is just like, you know, Batman always does that. Exactly. So, anyway, I just thought that was funny. Um, but I'm excited about that. Dude. Yeah, there's a lot more co- uh, costume descriptions, but the oh, biggest yeah. thing is that the Flash costume is going to be 148 pieces. And and so unlike, and the cool thing about this article is that unlike uh, Grant Gustin, yeah, the suit in the Flash TV show, where it looks like it's you know a few pieces, what what they say in the article is it's more uh, closer to the comic, where right. because he gets it out of a ring. Um, it's in a bunch of different pieces. And so 148 pieces, they think, is roughly the amount that it wow. is, which I think is insane. Um, so as far as scoring goes, Junkie XL will do the score. Yeah. And he actually, he did the score for Batman v Superman along with, um, Hans Zimmer. Right. Um, but Hans Zimmer has come out and said that he's not doing any more superhero movies. And so Junkie XL is taking over full time duty. Yeah. Works for me. Um, also, this we we I said last week that the Suicide Squad soundtrack uh, track listing was released. The first video has been released, and it's called "Sucker for Pain," oh. and it's put out by I want to say Lil Wayne. Really sings it. So, yeah, the, for the first music video is available, so we can check that out if you want. Lil Wayne has problems. <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> else is great. Lil Wayne's a little weird. Something about a jellyfish on toast, which I which I thought was kind of funny. But uh, a cool, cool beat. I like the song. 
Now, the video, I like the song a lot, but the video was really well shot. Yes, it was. I haven't watched a music video in a long time, though, either. So you just show me the Finding Dory video, and I'll probably be pretty stoked about it. <laughs> You're funny. All right, uh, last two little bits of DC news. Uh, yeah, so Ben Affleck finally came out and he said, "Look, I'm gonna direct the Batman film," and he put out some details of his script. He says the script, of course, being written by DC Entertainment chief creative officer and new co-head of DC Films, Jeff Johns. He says, "I have a script. Uh, we're still working on it. I'm not happy enough with it to uh, actually go out there and make a Batman movie." Uh, which I really, which I would have had the highest standards. Uh, oh, I see what he's saying. Okay. It's like, yeah, this might be fun. Let's go hang this out. So go bang this out. So he's, he's not going to just put something out there. Right. Which is important. Um, he says, I think they have a date for it. Affleck says before sharing this case, although I don't know, um, that I would necessarily be able to make that, the, make that date. I don't have a script that's ready yet. So anyway, it is what it is. It's it not, is what it is. It's not ready yet. So whatevs. Um, also, Zack Snyder and Jeff Johns were working on a project together, and it is not a movie. What does that mean? Uh, it could be a comic book. It could be a TV show. We don't know. But they're at least, uh, evidently, they're working together well. They're playing together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yes. nice. All right. Uh, now on to Fox. So we only have one little bit of news here, and it's uh, to do with Deadpool. Yeah, well, Deadpool is done in the box office, and it ended at $363 million. Yeah, 10% more than uh, Just Batman. Just a little Basically. more of that, isn't it? Uh, I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> uh, we have a couple little Disney news here, and both of them have to do with Frozen. Uh, it looks like Disney has announced that they're doing new original Frozen stories. Yeah, it's Lego, and um, I think it's mostly Lego. Let me let me double check this. Yeah, look at this. Doesn't <laughs> that look cool? It's a bunch of stuff. So there's going to be uh, Lego shorts. Let's see. There's a Frozen spinoff. This is the book Frozen Northern Lights: Journey to the Lights will be published by Disney. Um, there's gonna be Lego shorts. What else are we missing here? Well, they're working on a sequel. They're working on a sequel. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, they're just gonna be making money hand over fist after this one. Just put Frozen on the title. Exactly. Also, <laughs> uh, for anybody that's ever been to Epcot, um, you know, they have all the different countries represented mm. at Epcot. Well, in two of the lands, they actually have little boat rides. They had one in Mexico and one in Norway. Well, in Norway, they turned it into a Frozen ride. And we put in a link here for the, uh, somebody did a uh, virtual ride of it. That is really cool. And, and actually it is having a five hour wait. What? Oh, that was the one I saw. Kate said this the other day. It was like a 300 minute wait. Yep. That's insane. Yeah. And the, the ride itself is like maybe five minutes long. It's, it's really, it's, I mean, like it's, it's a boat ride. You're thinking like pirates. No, it's really, that's a lot, but dude. it's themed really well. It's really, I really sure. Like but you actually have to go through restaurants in line to get to it. it's really kind of interesting oh my god it'd be nice if you could sit down and have a have a meal and then get back in line then have a meal and then get back in line i'm just throwing that out there Moving exactly on. today's episode is brought to you by zipcar earn 25 dollars of free driving credit at joinzipcar.com slash usual zipcar is truly redefining the way people think about transportation so give them a shot join zipcar.com slash the usual and earn 25 dollars of free driving credit thanks for listening so we talked about justice league quite a bit we already did uh, all that discussion but i want to talk a little bit about game of thrones oh do you know i do um i am now fully caught up Oh, how nice. We have one episode left this season. One episode. And uh, I just want to uh, say I, I I like it. I like it a lot. I like it too. Um, the the only... And this isn't even a beef with Game of Thrones because they do the show so well. The only minor beef, quote unquote, that I have is that because I read the books, 
how how much it deviated from the book. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know where to put this, and maybe uh, maybe this is a good place to put it. There is a video that I started watching today. It's a smooth fifty minutes. Um, it is. George R. R. Martin yeah, you're, talking you put with it in real reviews, but I didn't know where to yeah. put it. I just I don't even know. But it's George R. R. Martin talking with Stephen King, exactly. And he's basically like, "Dude, how do you how do you write so many damn books?" I know, right? <laughs> and uh, but but what's interesting is is what Martin has produced has has built this really solid world. And this is when I go back it's to such a rich uh, world. You know, when I go back to this whole thing of Brandon Sanderson, I think I. It's a style of writing I'm not used to. I write kind of on the fly. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll create this. Oh, this will happen. This, but these guys, uh, they really, they go down and they, they detail out all of these characters and all the stuff. They, they, it's, it's what I like to call, what I like to call, what is called like outline writing. Like they start from like piecemealing a world together and then writing afterwards. And they know everything about the world. Right. It's very much like J.K. Rowling. Indeed. And so, um, what was what I like about what what I like about Game of Thrones, um, and regardless of how much they deviated from the book, the show stays true to that, and and it stays true to the fact that there is this there's this base that's solid, but they can go anywhere they want. Right. And in this last season, when the Hound comes back, um, when Sansa um does what she does, um, she was great. She was really good, and um. And what ends up happening with Jon Snow and, and all this stuff, I, I honestly think, um, I'm really enjoying the show and it makes sense. And I think we have this in real reviews, but it's, uh, that last episode was one of the highest rated, um, was the highest rated or I, I can't remember the story, but that Battle of the Bastards episode, I mean, and brilliantly and I, directed. And I think the reason that I enjoyed it so much, was because I love movies like 300. I love movies like Lord of the Rings. I love movies like, um, what's the other one? Uh, Gladiator, right? Where, where you have two armies mm-hmm. and they run at each other full tilt and bash into each yeah, other. Okay. That scene in this episode where, uh, Jon Snow is like, he's resigned to his fate and he's yeah. out in the middle of the field. He pulls out the sword yeah. and, uh, and then just as he's about to get swallowed up, the, the army behind him oh, comes It's so up. amazing, dude. And it's like, there's a moment like that in the Brandon Sanderson book I'm reading right now, uh, Way of Kings. And it's just moments like that, which is why I love to write and read fantasy is because if you can build a world like this and have one of those characters where it's like, you're standing there and something's going to happen and either they get saved or they die. And either one could happen depending right. on the way you build Especially this world. Especially with Game of Thrones. Yeah. And... With, and especially with Game of Thrones, because people die left and right. Um, I love the uh, uh, Arya storyline. That was one of my favorite uh, ones in the book with the, uh, with the faceless, faceless men. Um, and that the I, I, you know, I love me a good uh, Guild of Assassins. But um, but that sect, that um, training, that philosophy for me was just really, really intriguing. And, and I, I secretly hope they go back to it. I hope she draws upon it on some level. Right. Um, well, she still has people on her list. I do. I, I, and I just really think that I really hope that they go back to that because for me, that was by far my favorite part outside of Tyrion Lannister, who's my favorite. Tyrion is great. <laughs> and I actually, I, you know, a lot of people are giving, giving him crap for the way that the character is, is portrayed since he's hooked up with Daenerys. No but way, dude. Dude, he's he, perfect. Yeah, but he was perfect in, in the, uh, the Battle of the Bastards because. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, she's like, all right. 
and, and I'm going to kill everybody. He's like, <laughs> there might be a smarter way. Yeah. He's like, it, it was that. And that's, but that's how he plays it. That's how he plays everything. And if you're not watching Game of Thrones, you have no idea what we're talking about. But one of the things I love about Tyrion is that it's, he plays everything and, and, but he sees all sides. And so he decides, okay, I'm going to go over here, cross the sea, stay with Daenerys and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. He builds this whole thing. He's pretty proud of himself. And then he's like, well, this didn't go that great. And then she comes back and fully expecting her to, uh, you know, all but strike him down. Right. And she's like, so we're, we're good and I'm going to do this. And so we're good. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're good. Yeah. We're let's, good. let's do all the things. And, and then of let's course, kill the, everyone. Uh, then of course the Greyjoys show up. Oh man. And the Greyjoys are great. And, and that's where they really deviated from the text because the Greyjoys, uh, that whole reek part, um, really doesn't have a big, it's not a really big part of it. Um, but I like how they expanded upon it. And well, they really had to, to make the, the, the Ramsey Bolton. Yeah. Act. No, they did. So, um, okay, I'm curious, and this is something that's probably explained in the book, but it, they, they don't really touch on it. Is any bastard automatically given the surname snow? It depends on where you're from. Uh, if you're from the north, you're given the you're given the surname Snow. Okay. And if you're from um the if you're from the Iron Islands, um, what was his surname? Uh, Ramsey's surname was something else before. I can't remember what it was now, but it was switched to um when his father acknowledged him, he was switched. He actually gave him the actual surname of his house instead of the bastard surname, which was um. Well, no, because Ramsey was the Snow as well. He was Ramsey Snow and he gave him Bolt. No, it wasn't Snow. It was it wasn't the show. In the book it wasn't. Maybe I'm thinking of it differently. But um but because of where he was from, I thought it was something else. Um from the Iron Islands, it was something else. Anyway, so you're up. So in the books, have we found out who John's mother is yet? Yes. Is it is it a is it a uh Targaryen? Mm, yes and no. No. No, it's not it's not what you think it is. Uh it's more like you actually find out kind of not early on, but like it's not that big of a really a, that big of a deal because a lot of people are saying that Snow might be related to Daenerys. Mm, not that I remember, but those books are long. Because I'm like, <laughs> a, they're hinting at it like on Nerdist and stuff like that. So really, uh, yeah, so I don't know stuff to stuff to look into. Yeah, but it's just showing that you know we for those of you who have well, I can tell you his mom in the book, his mom was uh, someone his dad met at war, right? And you know it was. Not a whore per se, but like kind of, you right. know what I mean? Like so someone he fell in love with, he probably shouldn't have and had a baby, blah, blah, blah. But gotcha. it wasn't like a, it wasn't a high born thing. Interesting. Okay. That Something I remember. Um, but the, the main point is, is, you know, for those of you that have been listening to our show for, for months and months, I was like, I'm going to catch up on these shows. I'm going to, well, I've caught up on Game of Thrones now. Gotham is on the way soon. And yeah, I got to do Gotham. Other stuff. So, uh, you know, we will be catching up on more universes and talking about them. But, Indeed. Uh, but this is what our new Universal Usual is going to be about. We're going to be talking about the, the standard universes and we're going to be bringing in other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Lots and we'll, of- we'll come back to Game of Thrones, I think. Oh, I'm sure. Um, like that was very, that was very everywhere. Yeah, but. that was a, that was just a little quick discussion. Once the the, the season finale yeah, we'll happens this week, season. we'll uh, we'll do a little bit more uh, detailed thing on it. But uh, I just want to say how excited I am because I'm now caught up. Right. Um, but now that we have completed our journey and found our way back home, we want to thank our loyal listeners and be sure you join us next uh, exploration as we probe the depths of. I don't know. What do you want to talk about next week? I don't know. I'm thinking more along the lines. I, I really kind of want to touch on um something that we both are 
sort of just getting into, like something like Preacher or something, maybe. Oh, yeah. We'll watch um, the first three episodes of Preacher. Yeah. I'm thinking something like that or um, 11-22-63 or... We've both seen that all the way through. So. Yeah. Or something like, something that's like off the beaten path of the mainstream, but something that we can kind of just kind of come back and talk to something that's a little more obscure. So the listeners can be like, Oh shoot, I'll check that out. Cause it's only, you know, eight how episodes. about we do a, 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 a cross episode of, uh, 112263 and man in the high castle. Oh and yeah. Talk about different historical okay. contexts. I don't think, did I finish man in the high castle? I may not have finished that. You should. I'll have to finish it. All right. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. Let's do it. All right. Everybody. And again, thanks for uh, listening. Indeed. Peace. Peace. Oh, that's gangsta.